Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. We're living in uncertain times as... I'm sure you all know, having had COVID in our midst since the beginning of 2020 and through that experiencing an unprecedented time in our Australian history as we know it of being restricted, of having forced isolation from each other. It's been difficult to deal with. We've had the closure of businesses and the free feeling of life as we had known it before COVID has changed. There are many people who are facing various trials in their lives loss of loved ones, navigating through financial hardship and severe health issues, just to name a few. The Bible tells us we will face trials and difficulties in our lives, but it also tells us how to navigate through times like this. Simply put, it is to trust and obey. Many of you may know the old hymn written in 1887, and sung in many churches over the years, titled Trust and Obey. Two words that if we as Christians would daily put into practice, we would see our own personal walks with God go to a whole new level. It is what Jesus modelled to us living here on earth. In relationship with God, his Father, he completely trusted God and he completely obeyed him. Proverbs 3, 5-6 to Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Webster's Dictionary defines trust as the assured reliance on the character, ability, strength or truth of someone or something. One in which confidence is placed. The heart is defined as one's innermost character, feelings or inclinations. Proverbs 3 verse 5 sums up the Bible's teaching on trust. First, it is the Lord in whom we are to trust, not ourselves or our plans, and certainly not the world's wisdom and devices. We trust in the Lord because he and he alone is trustworthy. Trust and obey. Let's think about our relationships for a minute and how we develop trust in someone. We get to know them over a period of spending time with them and as they show us by their actions that they are trustworthy, we begin to trust them. We know they have their best, our best interests at heart and um, that, that they would help us in any way that they could. We know they're a person of good character who's reliable and who means what they say. But inevitably, even if they don't mean to, people will let us down. God will never let us down. He always has our best interests at heart. We get to know God by reading and studying his word, by spending time with him and talking to him. Also, by spending time with other Christians and being part of a church family. As we read God's word in its entirety, we see again and again God's never-ending love and faithfulness towards his people. We see that he is always true to his word and his heart is that none should perish and all should be saved. 
we see incredible stories of God's provision in tough times and the many ways he has delivered his people from hardship. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And verse 6 says, And lean not on your own understanding. We have very limited understanding when it comes to the things of God. And the best thing we can do is know that God is God and we're not. (laughs) That's quite freeing. God is God and we are not. That God knows best for us much more than what we do. And that he often does things in ways which we, we would never think of. Which is why he has asked us to lean not on our own understanding. Our understanding is so very limited. There are many stories in the Bible I could use to illustrate this point. But I've chosen two quite unusual stories from the Old Testament in 1 Kings 17. The setting is that Ahab had become a king of Israel. And he did evil in the sight of God even more than the kings before him. He had set up an altar for Baal, who was thought to be the sky god, in the temple of Baal. Suddenly, the prophet Elijah comes on the scene, a man who loved and worshipped the one and only true God. He prophesied to King Ahab that there would be a terrible drought. Now, this drought would also affect Elijah, of course, and God gives him some unusual instructions to save his life. His life may also have been in danger from the angry king Ahab who didn't like the idea that there wouldn't be rain for a long time. So God wanted to protect him. Let's read from 1 Kings 17, 1 to 2. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years, until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. You have to admit that's an unusual instruction from God to Elijah. If you think about a raven... Those birds are scavengers. They're normally taking everything they can get for themselves. And yet God chooses to use that type of bird to provide food for Elijah. Continuing on from verse 5. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kerith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Elijah simply did what God told him to do. He went to the place he was told and was fed bread and meat every morning and every evening until the brook dried up due to the drought. At this point, God gave Elijah another instruction. Let's continue from verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. 
and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. Here we have another strange instruction from God. At this point, you couldn't blame Elijah for thinking he had heard wrongly. This woman was starving. How could he eat what little she had left? In the natural, it wouldn't make sense. He could have continued on to find another widow. He didn't, however, because he knew he had heard God and he knew he could trust God. Continuing from verse 13. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Here is another example of trusting and obeying. Elijah had told the woman she would have flour and olive oil until there was rain and new crops. And yet, all she could see before her was the smallest amount to prepare their last meal. She chose to trust the word of God through the prophet Elijah and not look at her circumstances. And it is a choice. We can look before us at what actually is, what we can see, and we can go, but it's this. And so it is. But we can also choose to believe in God, our creator, God of the whole universe, God of all that is and the only one that is ultimately in control of everything to believe what he says. It's a choice. God saved her life, her sons and Elijah's because they trusted in what God said and obeyed his instructions. God's nature is faithful and true. Trust and obey. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Psalm 25, 10. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Psalm 145, verse 13, For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. God's plans for us are perfect, and he has a purpose for each of our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Because of who God is, because of his nature, we can trust him with all of our hearts, giving every part of our lives to him, confidently knowing that he loves us and has our best interests at heart. We can't trust in our own understanding because it is tainted by our sinful natures and we only see in part. Our understanding is limited if we trust in our own understanding, inevitably it brings us trouble. Trust and obey. 
I'm going to read it again. If you would like to, you can read it aloud with me. My hope is that everybody's got that scripture in their head when they leave today. But you don't have to. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What does it mean to acknowledge God? You know, when we walk down the street, we can nod to someone and that's acknowledging them. Or we can give someone a smile and that's acknowledging them. But this has a much deeper meaning. To acknowledge God in all our ways is to know him. It is to recognize that God is the one who works in our lives in love, forgiveness, power, wisdom, goodness and justice. We begin to acknowledge God in all our ways when we contemplate just how completely God has forgiven us, like Naomi said before, and when we read his word faithfully. As we read God's word, we quickly get a picture of what God likes and what he doesn't like. When we truly desire to please him and walk in his will, when we stop doing the things he tells us not to do, and we aim to be pleasing to him in the way we live our lives, we clear the static out of our airways and God's voice comes through much more clearly. The Bible is our guidebook to get to know God and grow in his ways. In his word, we see God's character and when we read the word, we must allow it to transform us. This is also acknowledging God, to let his word shine a light on those areas that are sinful in our lives, to be humble, turn from those ways and follow God's ways. Some of you might be thinking, I want to hear God and I want to do what he says, but how can I be sure I'm hearing him? We can position ourselves to hear God by spending time with him. You know, I've had times in my life where um, I've had lots of stuff going on and um, maybe limited the time that I spent with God because of busyness in my world or whatever. Um, and I couldn't hear God during those times. Well, not anywhere near as much anyway. When I actually um, position myself and I'm like, um, Lord, I want to hear your voice above all others today. I want to know what your will for my life is today. I want to give you the first part of my day and allow you the chance to talk to me. I want to read your word because I know that it's your guidebook for my life. When I position myself like that, God always speaks. It might not be in that instance, always through his word, always. But you might not hear his voice right then and there where you're praying. You know, you might feel his presence or maybe not some days so much. But always through the day, there'll be those God moments when you know you're in the right place at the right time saying the right things and you can feel his direction and his guidance on your life. You know, I just want to encourage you to try it. Just try it. Sometimes, I mean, the enemy might want us to think, you know, oh, you haven't got time to, you've already got a busy day, you haven't got time to get up that bit earlier and spend time. You'll have less sleep, you'll be tired, you'll be this, you'll be that. But a friend a long time ago encouraged me to try it, to get up in the morning and spend the first part of my day with God. She said, after three days, you won't be falling asleep at your Bible, which I was to start with, I can assure you. I used to get up, have a shower, get a cup of coffee, sit with my Bible and drop back off to sleep again. Um, she said three days. And she was right. After that time, I couldn't wait to get up, get into the Word, see what God was showing me. 
and I would ask him to order my steps through the day. That's a very simple prayer, and it's a prayer he always answers. If you ask him to order your steps, let me have every conversation you want me to have today. Let me meet every person you want me to meet today, even if it's a, a, a kind of um, a, just a greeting in the street or something. You know that if you've asked God to order your steps, there's a purpose in it. And so it's just an amazing adventure with God, seeing how he works when you just open up your life to him in that way and just say, just leave me, Lord, guide me, give me your words, bring your people, you know, the people you want across my path today. Um, it's an exciting walk with God. We as parents, and Naomi said this, this was, yeah, in very similar words. Um, I'm just going to put what I've written down here. We as parents have the beautiful God-given opportunity of raising children in the way they should go. We give them certain rules around things that are potentially dangerous for them because we don't ever want them to hurt themselves in a way that can't be fixed. When our children listen to us and try their best to do as we have asked them, it gives us a lot of joy and we can enjoy our relationship with them so much more than if we are having to bring correction on a regular basis. And um, God is like that, the father heart and we're his children. So the same thing is picking up that little toddler when they fall down. He's not, he's not um, wanting to punish us. He's wanting to encourage us and to love us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Trust and obey. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Here we go again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, Psalm 37, 23. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. There's that parent with the little child again. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And have been called according to his purpose. When we trust God, read his word and do what it says, he directs our steps. He delights in every little detail of our lives, just like we do with a little toddler. He delights in us in all those details. He makes all things work together for the good, for good, for those whose heart and mind are focused on him. It's such a relief to hand the reins over to God to know that he is faithful to his promises. So when we read this, you can, you can try him, you know. You can read his word and, and say, God, okay, I'm going to take you at your word and just see. This is his word in its entirety, not just plucking a random verse out, but his word in its entirety. You can take God at his word. He is trustworthy. As long as we are spending time reading his word, talking with him, giving God his rightful place, first place in our lives, he will work everything else out. As we get about God's business, as Pastor Robin says, making the main thing the main thing, then he takes care of all the little details of our lives. He is faithful to take care of it all. 
when we spend time with him, when we get to know his, invo- his voice, those impressions and thoughts that come from him, his word stands out to us as we read. We don't have to worry about how we get there. Jesus is the way. He is the way. We, we um, look to him. We put everything in his hands, ask him to order our steps, and off we go, just like a little child holding their parent's hand. They are not worried. Mum or dad know the way. The child knows she is safe and she doesn't need to know all the details. Um, I've got a habit of uh, journaling as well. And when I, especially when, I, I journal all kinds of things, but when times are tough and I need God's help in specific areas, I will write things down. Um, some years ago when I had a business that was in uh, you know, incredible financial difficulty. I remember sitting down one night just writing a list, and some of you may have heard this story before, but I wrote a list of all the bills that needed to be paid by Monday. So this was the weekend. And um, and it was thousands of dollars of bills that needed to be paid, and I listed them off, and I just said, Lord, you know what my bank account looks like. You know I don't have the money. Um but you are my God and I trust in you and I ask you to provide for my needs. So wrote it all down and the next morning um, my phone rang. Actually, my daughter ran into me with a phone and um, it was my mum on the phone and, and she's like, how are you going? And I said, oh, I'm good, thanks, really good. And she, she said, do you need money? And I said, oh, no, I'm okay, thank you. You know, I lied to her but... I just didn't want her to be, you know, burdened with my burden. Um, Anyway, she said, um, basically, Dad and I are coming to see you and we're bringing a cheque for $10,000, which was absolutely incredible. And that $10,000 covered all those bills that I needed to get the stock back in and and let me continue in business. And and long story short, in the end, um, I was able to pay that money back the goodness of God, like through that really difficult time, he ended up, you know, blessing me abundantly as he, you just can't outgive God. You know, as you get about his business, he gets about yours. You can test him in this and he is faithful to provide. He really is. So that was one thing. Another little thing, um, Andrew and I, as our daily um, habit, you know, in our prayer time, we always ask God to order our steps. Life can be pretty interesting in our workplace and um, we never know what's coming around the corner. But we know that when we ask God to order our steps, every conversation is from him and the way we see God work is amazing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting journey with God. There are so many things that are out of our hands that we can't control And we can be tempted to worry, but the safest place is to put it in God's hands. Trust and obey. Read God's word. Spend time in prayer. Do what he tells you and he will order your steps. That's what he says. If you do this, you'll see God's hand in your life every single day. He is a loving father. He wants to be involved. In any situation you are in, no matter how bad it seems, and I'm not undermining anybody's situation because there's some horrid ones, but I can assure you, um, you can take it to God and remember that God's got this. He will lead you and guide you through it. 
David didn't compare himself to the giant. He compared the giant to God. Don't look at the giants in your life. Look at our God. When you refuse to worry, which is a choice, when you stay in peace, knowing he is in control, you're showing God by your actions that you trust him. Life is too short to live every day worrying about what might happen. Corrie ten Boom says, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Miracles are God's business. Obedience is yours. It's ours. Jesus is the miracle worker. Look into the eyes of Jesus and hear him saying, I've got this. Trust and obey. God sent his precious son Jesus to show us the way to the Father. He sent him to do what we could not do for ourselves. He lived a perfect, sinless life and on our behalf he gave up his life, taking all of the punishment we deserve for any sins we have ever committed or will ever commit. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. If you have never known the way, if you knew it but got off the path because of the way life happens sometimes, again, like Naomi was sharing and like I have in my past, can I encourage you today to reach out to Jesus? I'm going to pray. And if you want to give the reins of your life over to the one who loves you more than you could ever imagine, the one who always has your best interests at heart and the only one who is ultimately in control of everything, Please pray with me. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning in awe of how great you are and how deeply you love us. Just as a parent watching a child struggle, your heart breaks with ours as we try to navigate the difficulties of life on our own. We come to you now asking for your forgiveness for the times we haven't acknowledged you and for those of us who have never known you, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of all our sins. We choose to turn from our past ways of living and put our lives in your hands, Jesus. We ask you to be our Lord and Saviour. We choose to acknowledge you in all we do and we ask that as we look to you, trusting you and obeying your word, that you will lead us into a deep relationship with you and order the steps of our lives. And from Ephesians 3, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.